to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes. Here from the Hyundai Texans radio studio, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you in the belly of the beast, NRG Stadium. Johnny, how's it going? Doing well. Getting the Harris 100, almost ready to go to submit. Probably about a week, it'll be ready to go. Oh, my gosh. I have it in front of me, but it's in, like, aggregate. It, it's uh, uh, You don't have any of the write-ups or anything like that. You just I, don't have the, I don't have the write-ups. And I'm still, I'm still slotting, so there's oh, still some things Oh, this is, this is a rough draft. Yeah, rough draft. Okay, okay. Rough well, draft. but when we play who's better at 630, I've got a question based on this, so we'll see okay. which way you go. Yeah, yeah. But let's go here right now to the general. From the Houston Chronicle, Hall of Famer, John McClain. General, how's it going? Doing well, waiting on, waiting on the Harris 100. Figuring <laughs> you'll have Kyle Hamilton as his number one overall player. Oh, John, you're giving up my secrets, but no, you're right. You're okay. right. Number one overall player. Again, the Harris 100 is not a mock draft. It's player Correct. rankings. Correct. Okay? I had Quentin Nelson a few years ago at number one. I had Laramie mm-hmm. Tunsil at number one in 2016. So it's, yeah, based on based on not mock draft. Because there'll be some quarterback. I don't, in fact, I don't think very highly of the quarterbacks because none okay. of them want the Baylor general. That's why. That's the problem. Yeah. If they go to Baylor, I might put them in the first round for you. General, I hope you have you? J- Baylor. I hope you have ba- Sorry, Mark. We want to talk about Baylor. Uh, John, I hope you have <laughs> Baylor's safety, Jalen Petrie. Everybody has him rated as second round pick. I hope yep. you have him ranked appropriately. He I was the big... only player who committed in Art Browse before Art Browse's last season who stayed at Baylor. Every other commitment took off. Petrie stayed. That's why they should build a statue to him outside Baylor, outside McLean Stadium. You know, John, I actually talked to him at the Senior Bowl, and you talk about just a wonderful young man, and he's from Stafford. So I asked him about getting that 281 area code call if he got it on draft night, and he would he would have been pretty excited and would be pretty excited if that happens. But, yes, John, I am a huge fan. In fact, in fact, you remember last year against Miami, Javon Holland had an interception on the first drive. I think Jalen Petrie is exactly like Javon Holland, just smaller in a smaller package. But I love Jalen Petrie. So, General, yes, I love him. He will be ranked accordingly. You know, Nick's cell phone might not be a 2A1. It could be a 617 or a 508, oh, that's Johnny. that's true. You ever but think of that? they're calling from the, the office phone, though. That's 832. Yeah, okay. So, be ready. Could yeah. be any number of things. It's just, it should all be 7 Put it this way. If the phone rings, answer it. John McClain joining us. General, how is the Lovey Smith going era going for you so far? We're a week and a half in. Well, I'm partial to Lovey because I've known him for 25 years. And back when uh, teams didn't think the media was the enemy and when Tony Dungy was turning around his team, he listened to media, talked to his coaches, including national media like me. It was between the Texans and the Oilers. So I used to go over and sit in Lovey's office, Tony Dungy's office, talk football with him. Then when Lovey went to the Rams, I was covering the greatest show on turf. And I got to go hang out with him in his office because his head coach, 
Mike March didn't believe we were like the gum on the bottom of their shoe. So I got to know Lovey. So I'm really happy he got the job. I asked him a question. I knew he wouldn't answer. First time we talked to him, if he wanted to be head coach again, and he skirted the issue, and I knew that he did. And so I'm really happy for him and his family. It doesn't matter how you got there. I tell people, I use this example. You know, everybody says, well, boy, the Texans screwed this up because they were going to hire Josh McCown. Yes, they were going to hire McCown. But then somebody came to their senses over there. And it's like going from downtown to the Woodlands, and you get lost on 610. Then you end up on 290. Then you end up on Sam Houston Tollway. And then you work your way back to 45, and you get to the Woodlands. So you get where you want to go, and you get there on time. You just took a roundabout way. And that's the way I look at the Texans coaching search to get to Lovey Smith. That sounds like my wife trying to drive around Houston, who does not like to leave her bubble too much. That sounds like I, I have gotten panic call at some point. I'm on the loop. I'm like, okay, where? I don't know. I just feel like I'm going in circles. And she's going to hate that. But she's in Los Angeles, so I could say that. General, what's been the reaction that you've gotten from emailers, from fans, What's been the overall reaction that you've gotten thus far, you know, a little over a week and a half since Lovey's been named the coach? Well, it's, it's, at first, people were incredulous, like they thought it was preposterous to hire Josh McCown with no experience and that he should start on a lower level and work his way up, which I think he'll eventually do. And then, and they say, oh, well, Lovey Smith's only two games over 500. And I, I wrote a column, I've written, I've put it in my mailbag, set it on every show on 610. You can't just look at a record and judge a man's career. If you take away his first year in Chicago, he's 24 games over 500. That's not too shabby. He was fired after a 10-6 and six season. He was coach of the year. He went to the Super Bowl, and he got fired with that kind of record after, over his last eight seasons. So then he goes to Tampa. And by the way, when he was out in uh, the one year in uh, 2013, and he asked me if I could get word to Bob McNair that he was interested. And I called Bob and talked to him, and he said yes. And they talked on the phone a few times, and Bob really liked Lovey a lot. Everybody does. So he had Lovey come in for an interview. And so I asked McNair, I said, look, I said, if you're serious about Lovey Smith, I want to write a column about it. He said, write it, because he was pumped. Then the search, the, the, the uh, uh, Corn Ferry told him about a coach at Penn State, and when the McNairs went and interviewed him at his house on Cape Cod, Bill O'Brien blew him away. They hired him. Lovey goes to the Bucks. The Bucks are the worst team in the league first year. He drafted James Winston. They start him in as a rookie, and they improve by four games. They go 6-10. He gets fired. And people over there told me it's because they wanted to go with Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator, because they thought he would be better for James Winston since they invested so much in Winston. So Lovey gets fired, and he told me, wrote a column about this. I got unfinished business as an NFL head coach, and I don't blame him. Now, I believe, and he'll never say he has any regrets, but I believe if he had not gone to the University of Illinois, say he'd set out a season, he would have had more interviews, taken a defensive coordinator job. He would have had more interviews, and I think he would have been a head coach uh, before 
the Texans had this opportunity. So you have to look at his career, take each individual situation, do a little investigation and checking. And Loving has been a successful NFL head coach. And I was asked on my last show in San Antonio, could the Texans have stumbled into a good thing? And I say, absolutely. Well, I was surprised that his name wasn't coming up for interviews this cycle yeah. with other teams only because if teams look within, if you look at the Texans' statistical situation defensively and the big numbers, okay, I get it. But when you look within, the performance that that side of the ball had, considering what the offense was not able to do, there were some things accomplished here, and clearly the man can coach. John, what about the offense? Pep Hamilton, what are we expecting here under Pep that will be different than what we saw under Tim Kelly? Pep has total control of the offense. All the coaches they're hiring on the side of the ball, that's who he wants. He has a history with them. Whether that's the right guys remains to be seen. He'll still be the predominant coach of Davis Mills. And uh, one of the reasons that Lovey said the first order of business was to make sure that Pep stayed. Now, Pep's going to be calling plays. And if they don't improve the running game, he's going to be in the same situation. You've got to improve the running game. We know that. We know they need offensive linemen. They got big decisions to make. And I think one reason James Campen was run, you know, he, he, he wanted Titus Howard to play guard. He's not a guard. He's a tackle. And there were some players he wanted. That didn't work out. What they got to decide with Pep Hamilton and Lovey Smith, do they want to keep Laramie Tunsil left tackle? Do they move Titus Howard back to right tackle? If they do, then I would go after a guy like uh, Ike Aquano, who John was the first person to tell me about him, and he is the baddest you-know-what in the offensive line prospects when it comes to run blocking and just obliterating people. And John brought up Quentin Nelson. He's not Quentin Nelson, but he's got that kind of nasty disposition. So what if they took him? And then they had their two their bookend tackles. But if if they don't get a huge improvement up front and at running back, then Pep's going to be in the same situation. Last year was the worst running game in franchise history, which was preposterous, and the worst in the league, and the year before, second worst in the league. So the top priority for Nick Casario and Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton is to improve the running game, which helps the quarterback, Davis Mills, and helps the defense as well. And I'm pumped to see about Pep Hamilton. Lovey said he believes in toughness with the running game. Well, Tim Kelly did too. But if, if, you know, Rex Burkhead is your starting running back and you're starting 12 offensive linemen because of injuries and COVID-19, there's no stability whatsoever. Yeah, no doubt. John, I'm going to play a little game of gut reaction. I do this with Mark. I'm going to do it with you as it pertains to retaining Texans free agents, unrestricted free agents going into 2022. So I'm just going to hit you with a few names. And you give me your gut reaction to what you think happens. Let's start in the middle with Justin Britt. Gut reaction, does he come back to the Texans or no? No. Jacob Martin? No. Malik Collins? Yes. Kamu Grugier-Hill? Absolutely. Christian Kirksey? 
Oh boy, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah. Pep had him. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes on Kirksey. He wasn't on a one-year deal, was he? Uh, Maybe he was. Anyway, I, think, you think he I was, believe yeah. he'll be he'll be back. But remember, they only use two linebackers most of the time. But they had so many injuries, they got to have depth. And I know everybody loves Kirksey, so yes. One-year one, deal. One final. Well, actually, there are two more. Okay. Desmond King. I'm going to say no, but they need so much at safety, and they never have enough corners, and that might keep them, to, but I'm going to say no. Okay, and you know where I'm going with this final one, Justin Reed. No. No. Too I don't know why it was, market. but – and well, no, they didn't even – I don't think they tried to sign him to an extension. So there's something there. They thought he was going to want more money than they wanted to pay him. Another thing about giving big bucks, they're not going to – compete for the championship this year or next year. I figure it'll be like 2024. So you, you, before you start doling out big contracts, you got to make sure your team is ready to compete. And I don't think they'll do that. So keeping Malik Collins and Kamu Grugier Hill, you know, maybe they'll get something somewhere else. But I think a lot of these players, they want to come back. They, the players like having Lovey there. They like having Pip Hamilton in charge of the offense. I think they're intrigued. We all know they're in such better shape now they were, than they were when David Culley took over. All of Nick Casario's draft choices showed promise. He's got nine picks now. He could end up with 10, 12. With Deshaun Watson's traded. You know he's going to be trader Nick again like he was last year. And Lovey going to call the defense again. If they, they need a pass rusher opposite Jonathan Grenard. To me, that or the offensive line should be the first-round pick. Uh, sorry about uh, Kyle Hamilton, John. <laughs> I know. Well, but Johnny wants pressure on the quarterback, too. Johnny wants it all. You got to have does, it. Who doesn't want it all? I know, I know. I mean, we, 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 we I would say we need it all. But yeah. I mean, you want it all. You want some pressure, and you want ball, ball hawks. All right, John McClain. Okay, John, let me add. Hold okay, on, Mark. Excuse me. I'm sorry. John. Yes. Okay, so say um, – the first pick is uh, Hutchinson, and say, uh, say Evan Neal, Ikequanu, or uh, Kayvon Thibodeau are there at the third pick. Uh-huh. Do they go for the offensive lineman, or do they go for the pass rusher to play opposite Jonathan Grenard, who was really good in the second year? Now, I will tell you Evan Neal or Ikequanu. If it's Evan Neal... And it's uh, Ikea Kwanu and Aiden Hutchinson. I would tell you Hutchinson. I just my hunch, my hunch is that Thibodeau is um, he needs a little bit more glitz and glamour, if you will, and take that for how it is. But there are many out there that see Thibodeau a little differently than I do, and I think the Texans will look at him a little differently. But if it's Hutchinson, Neil. And Aquanu, that's going to be really difficult. What I if think, you had the number one pick in this draft? Who are you taking? I take Hutchinson. Okay, pressure. No, Hutchinson's not involved. He's gone. Hutchinson's yeah. gone. There's no way he's going. To, the two offensive linemen are Thibodeau. Who would you take at three? Ooh. The two offensive linemen are Thibodeau. I, I take one of the offensive linemen, and I at that point I can flip a coin. And I think some of it does have to do with what they do with Laramie, what they do with Titus, because I do actually. If you wanted to, you could put both of them at guard. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. 
if I'm taking a guy at three to put him at guard, if I want to maximize my assets, I put probably Titus at left, and then I take whoever I draft at right more than likely. Um, but Neil or Aquanu, uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take either one. It doesn't matter because with one of those guys, I know I'm going to move people off the ball. And, John, that's something that this team hasn't done for a while. Interesting. John, uh, let's, I like go it. The, let's go around the league a little bit here. As the Rams won the Super Bowl, one thing I didn't like about it was – you know, I don't like this guys gearing up on a team. Let's join the team to try to win a ring thing. And maybe quarterbacks trying to run their way out of town to go to a title contender. Uh, not that I'm commenting on anything specific here. But what are your thoughts on the Rams, the way they put it together? And the fact that, hey, they got it done, but it wasn't like they blew everybody out. These were close playoff games. It was a great Super Bowl tournament, just terrific, down to the last drive for each team. And uh, the Bucks went all in the year before. The Rams went all in this year. And would another team do that? Well, you better have a quarterback. That's the key. You can go in in a lot of positions. If you don't have the quarterback, it's not going to work out. I was happy for the Rams. I got no problem with what they want, considering with years left on their contract, they need to do what everything they can win a title and get paid because that's what it's all about. And uh, I'm eager to see now what team, if any, is going to try that next year. Maybe it's Seattle trying to do it around Russell Wilson because he says he wants to stay and they need a lot. And you've got to redo contracts. You got or trade high picks and bring in veterans. And at some point you're going to pay the piper. And one team that might have to pay the piper is the Arizona Cardinals. John, what do you make of this going on with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? You think it's just contractual posturing by Kyler Murray and his agent, or do you think there's more to this uh, than just some of the stuff we saw last week? (laughs) Uh, I think it's silly. It's immature. It's childish. You know, Kyler Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, is Cliff Kingsbury's agent. Right. And one of his best friends going back to college at Texas Tech. So you talk about awkward for Eric Burkhart, but Cliff Kingsbury, I'll guarantee you, has kept up with everything that's going on. It's always about the money. Now, he doesn't deserve a 40-million-year contract any more than Baker Mayfield did because they faded. He faded. You know, give you a full season. He can't go anywhere. He's under contract this year, next this year. They'll pick up his fifth-year option. Then they could franchise him a couple of years. And and they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. They drafted uh, the Purdue receiver in the second round. So they've done some things for him. But he's just, to me, acting like a big baby. But they'll get it all worked out. John, Tennessee, there was a story that they're looking into the possibility of a new stadium. They're trying to revamp where they're playing right now. It's older. It might be cost, I don't know, inefficient, I should say, to do what they want to do with it. What do you know about it? What's going to happen there in Nashville? Nissan Stadium opened in 1999. Everybody was so excited to get it. They've been playing in Memphis and at Vanderbilt, and it does need a lot of work. They've been talking about it for the last few years, just like NRG Stadium needs work. You know, fans say, oh, my God, the stadium's fine. No, if you think about everything that's gone into it. Those stadiums have been around a while. So they're starting to say, well, it could cost 
600 million or up toward a billion. Maybe we need to think about a new stadium. Well, that's great, but how are they going to pay for it? John, now that we've got all the coaching hires in place, Kevin O'Connell, the final one with the Vikings after as OC of the Rams, they won a Super Bowl championship. Let's take Lovey out of this because we've talked about Lovey plenty. A, was there a big surprise to you? B, which coach do you think that took over is in the best spot to succeed early on? And which one do you think might be the most disappointing? Well, that's easy because only one took over a winner, and that's Josh McDaniels, and he hasn't quit on him yet. And his good buddy, David Ziegler, the head of personnel, who replaced Nick Casario, has been in the organization forever. And when McDaniels went to the Broncos, Ziegler was there with him as a young personnel assistant. So they're in lockstep. They take over 10-17, could have beaten the Bengals in the wild card round. Great stadium, great facility. Players want to go there. They're trying to sign Derek Carr to an extension, and he might make between 35 and $40 million a year. So there's no excuses for Josh McDaniels not to win other than maybe Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. But uh, I, I, uh, the team that has the most talent with a losing record is Minnesota. There's talk Watson is interested in Minnesota. Give me a break. There's a lot of people might be interested. They're not going to have him and Kirk Cousins and their cap figures on the team. Yeah. That's asinine. And so uh, Texans aren't interested in Kirk Cousins. Davis Mills is their quarterback going into this season. He'll have a chance to prove himself, and he takes the next step. He'll get a third step. If not, they'll go find a quarterback in 2023. But Cousins things makes no difference. I had a couple people from Tampa call me and thinking, well, if we'll take Antonio Brown, we'll take anybody. I said, yeah, but you're going to take a guy with 22 civil suits and your pick is too low. You know, Deshaun is going to have to at some point go somewhere but one team, Miami, and the ones that I think would be best, Carolina, close to home, and Denver. They both want him a lot. And so you know they're not going to uh, trade him in the AFC South. Maybe they'd prefer Carolina, but uh, there's a lot of things that have to happen there. But if he did go to Minnesota with those receivers, and Dalvin Cook and a good defense, boy, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. And Aaron Rodgers might wish he hadn't stayed in Green Bay, but that ain't happening. It's just us talking here, so I'll ask you this. No shot that Miami's still interested? No shot? Did he make that phone call or not, Stephen Ross? Stephen Ross was in on getting him, not just Brian Flores. So was Chris Greer. They had to trade ready to go. And then between Thursday night, and the deadline, he could not reach settlements with all 22 accusers. And so um, now Mike McDaniel, he's praising the heck out of Tua, as he should. Every new coach is praising his quarterback. But if you had a chance to have Tua Tungavailoa or Deshaun Watson, that is a no-brainer. I mean, one thing, just because Tua can't stay healthy. So I don't think it's a dead issue. And I also wonder, people were early last year when the Dolphins were so bad, why would he want to go there? And I think South Florida had a lot to do with it. Multi-millionaires love living on Star Island with in mansions with pools and boats and yachts and everything. So who wouldn't want to live there? But uh, if they're still interested, and I'm Watson, I don't want to go there. If it's proved that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores 100 grand to tank every game, 
they could lose a couple of number one draft choices and more, and that would not be the ideal place to go. John, what do you have going on in the Houston Chronicle? I'm writing a column for Sunday uh, about now that Lovey Smith's been hired. Where do the Texans go from here? Well, where they're going is to the Combine in Indianapolis to get ready for the draft and free agency. It's going to be an exciting offseason. Brooks Cabina is going to have a lot of stories on the Combine. And uh, and I know Brian Smith had a column yesterday about the Watson situation. I'm glad you guys are back. Do you guys take off all this time just to take it easy? Or you all no. just don't like me during that period? <laughs> we just, we just well. take off from the end of the season till the Super Bowl. That's it as far as the show goes. But we're busy man. working. We were doing podcasts. I got the Harris man, 100 to do, man, John. that must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> John, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you guys very much as always. It's great to be back with you. All right, great to have you on as always on a Thursday night. And you know what else that means? It means it's time for a Who's Better with yes, John Harris. Go. I'll throw him questions. I'll lob some in there. Of course, we have quarterback stuff. We have a media question. We have, let's see, uh, other quarterback stuff. Uh, you'll just have to wait and find out next here on Texans All Access. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account? Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. We return to Texans All Access. We're back. Jeez. We're sitting here talking in the studio. Yeah. I mean, we just carry the conversation right on over. I mean, it's just like, you know, here Why we go. Tyler Sutarth, our uh, lead producer, just left, and we were watching some of the stuff he was uh, talk- He was uh, working on here. Yeah. So we have a Building the Texans 13-minute episode coming up. 13 minutes. Yeah. That's a new record for BTT, Texans BTT, baby. It's going to be good. All right. Awesome. Are you ready to play Who's Better? Come on, man. All right, let's go. go. Let's go. Okay, this, this I, I look forward to this. I missed this. I would drive home and I'd be like, Jack, who's better? <laughs> My Jack. <laughs> Dan Fouts or, because I know how you would answer that. Oh, yeah. Dan Fouts or who? Fouts. Dan Fouts or Philip Rivers. Oh, please don't insult me. Fouts. Fouts really? Yes. I'd Look, like to ask all the, the tens of Chargers fans out there It's that not fair to compare the eras, though. I mean, you've dropped Phillip Rivers with all this ability in the you know the late 70s. Phillip Rivers is going to look pretty good. Fouts made the 300-yard game a thing I know. on a regular I'm, basis. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. Yep. Just a thought, though, because yeah. thinking of the Chargers made me think of the Rams, which made me think of the, the parade. Which made you think of Vince Ferragamo. Just kidding. What would that parade have been like if the Rams Here. are still in St. Louis? Awesome. Much better. What if the Chargers win with the parade been like at San Diego? Awesome. Much better than that. Maybe not as awesome as St. Louis or any other city uh-huh. in America. <laughs> right. But certainly better than L.A. I think I so. don't. Did the NFL make a mistake in trying to put two teams, shoehorning two teams into L.A.? Well, hang on. I mean, this is a whole other topic. Yeah, I am on the record saying, look, the Rams, it's nice in L.A. And, you know, I've worn Beatty memories and all that. But I got to tell you, I always knew this. If they don't win, right. 
if they go eight and eight, well, they don't. Nobody goes eight and eight anymore. Eight right. nine, nine and eight or something. Right. Have a couple of average years or right. whatever, you, however you want to define it. The attendance plummets <laughs> there. Plummets. I mean, and look, Johnny, they didn't dominate their way to the Super Bowl. They won, and it was great. Yep. Like McLean said, it was a good tournament. All right, let's get to who's better. Who's better among these quarterbacks who are not getting that contract extension, we think, that they covet so much? Okay. Baker Mayfield, these guys are healthy in this scenario. Healthy Baker, healthy Kyler Murray moving forward. Who's better? You put Kyler Murray behind the Browns' offensive line, I think things change significantly. For Kyler Murray. For Kyler Murray and the Browns. His completion percentage is very good, by the way. Who, Kyler? Yes. Yeah, I mean. 69%. I mean, Kyler's, he'll throw completions. Now, they they do some, the Cardinals we saw, they'll throw some screens, significant number of screens. But Baker this year was just a mess. And Baker was his own. Yeah, but why? Why he was tackled there, Justin Reed? And why was he tackling Justin Reed? Because he threw an interception. Because he was being a bonehead. He was yeah. being a bonehead. Okay. I mean, I understand you got, but he, I, I, Mark, I watched. I was standing. I mean, you were there, but I'm standing right there. I see it. I can see the look in Baker Mayfield's eyes from where I'm standing after Justin picked it off, and I'm like, he's gonna go make this tackle. And he's gonna get hurt. And he just throws his arm into him, and all of a sudden he's over on the sideline. He's bent over. We could, you could see it from the booth. He was all bent over. His arm was all jacked up. I just couldn't tell whether it was the right or the left. Like, he's his own worst enemy. What's Murray's problem? He's immature. Okay. He's absolutely immature. And the other part of it is really not his fault, which is all absolve him of that. His offensive line is garbage. Hot, stinking garbage. They got to fix that. They make all these other adjustments and yes. acquisitions. Why not fix that? They got all these fly boys. They got all the guys outside. They got Rondell Moore. They got Hop. I mean, Zach Ertz they went and got. It's all great to have people to throw to. It's fantastic. And Jamar Chase, I use that as an example because the Bengals were sitting there looking at Panay Sewell, who's going to end up being a 12-year lineman. He's going to be fantastic. And you have Jamar Chase, who's absolutely fantastic. Now, I don't know if the Bengals had the, the, the foresight to look ahead to the tackles that were coming a year from now. Because they're going to end up with Jamar Chase and presumably, I would think, a tackle of some sort that's going to follow them at 31 in this draft. But you got to get that offensive line right. I, we were flying home from Arizona. We got our teeth kicked in. And I remember saying to you, man, if they don't get that offensive line right, Kyler's going to die. Yeah, you did say that. He's going to die. You that offensive say. line is not Because we good. got some pressure on yes. them from time to time. Yes. Okay, next, who's better? Who's better in the eyes of the most QB desperate team in this draft? Whoever that might be. Okay. You don't even have to define the team. Okay. But who's better in the eyes of the most quarterback desperate team in this draft? Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, or Malik Willis? Who's going to go first in this draft? Somebody's going to move up. You know it's going to happen. Somebody's going to move up yep. and take one of these guys. I think it's Malik Willis they go up for. Okay. It's – Trying to think of the right way of saying this, but there is there's high risk to all of them. I think Kenny's the lowest risk. I think Kenny had a fantastic season. I think he can make all the throws. He's going to be QB one, but QB one, two, and three are so close. What separates it for me is Pickett's safer, mm-hmm. and he still can make all the throws. He can move out of the pocket. I love that little fake slide he's got, but they've now outlawed that. But 
Corral is the total wild card, and he's been out of sight, out of mind since the end of the season. The and that's going to be an interesting one because Corral can sling it. He doesn't have the arm Malik Willis does. Corral can run, and Corral's a lot tougher than people think. Uh, it comes from a, a military family. I think all of his brothers and his dad were Marines. So there's there's a little bit of edge to him, but similar to Willis, Corral can spray it, but he's a little bit more consistent throwing the ball. And our buddy Trey Young, who we love in ticketing, he made a comment. I was like, you know, he's right. He was asking me about the Heisman, and I was kind of going on about the Heisman. He looked at me and goes, you know, Ole Miss, top 10. Are they top 10 without Corral? I was like, oh, that's a good point. I just think in watching Corral, there's some things he does exceptionally well. So to me, he and he and Willis are kind of the same shared risk in some sense. But Willis just has a little bit more arm strength, probably a little bit more dynamic running it. And Corral was beat up last year because he did run it that much. So I'm going Willis. I think teams will trade up for a little bit more upside. Yeah. The word I hate, potential. It's a sexy it pick. Come on. Willis is going to come in. He's going to look the part of can somebody who can run, throw. Can you imagine him in Denver in that high altitude? How, oh, man, he's going to throw like 80 yards. That'll we be play awesome. There. We play there this year. All right, Texans. I hate that altitude. Denver, I hate it. Vegas, oh. Chicago, the Giants, Miami, Dallas. Tickets at HoustonTexans.com, by the way. Home games are good, too. Yeah. Kansas City comes in here, among others. We're not going to Munich this year, you think? I don't think we're going to Munich. No, I don't think. Or hang on a second. You have nine road games, right? Right. Hey, I guess it's a possibility. I mean, <laughs> which? Uh, yeah, that would be. That would be. Well, who's going to lose a home game though? Right. Dallas is not losing a home game. That's not happening. No, that's no, 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 no. no. Uh, among the teams you play. Wait, wait, wait! I just thought of one. What? Wait. We play Miami, right? They're going to lose a home game. Why not? Because why not? Because of the Stephen Ross stuff that's come out? Oh, If now, that, any of that oh, stuff is true. Oh. Listen, your punishment is <laughs> you have to play Your punishment is you're going to Munich to play a team. Listen, I might be kicking and screaming going there, but I'm going to have a good time. We'll, we'll have a good time in Germany. That's the one, Ger- that's the one I said I yeah. wanted to go Germans to. Germans all speak English. Yeah. They, they all learn English in school. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be okay. And I'm I'm probably not going to learn German if that happens. People I don't are listening think... like, are they going to Germany? No. No, we, I don't But somebody is, and eventually you're going to go because eventually you go everywhere. It's two games. Far there. more likely to go to Mexico City again at some point with us marketing heavily I'm, in that area. I'm fine with that. I, I didn't think I – back in 2016 when it was announced we're going to Mexico City, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, man. And we went there other than the game itself and other than climbing all those – ramps and stairs to get to the top that's all right i i enjoyed it the the whole weekend everything that went with it the game's atmosphere was incredible i took a walk but i had a tether attached between me and the hotel like a like a big uh, bungee cord so i could just pull on it and pull myself back to the hotel uh that's what i No, it was beautiful there was i'm joking really it was like cool. it looked like europe it, yeah, it looked it was fantastic really nice. old city gorgeous all right who's better johnny okay. out of division running back so no john taylor no Derrick Henry. Ooh, okay. Who's best? Chubb, Mixon, Harris, Cook. Go. Who do you want? Harris, Damien Harris? Najee Harris. Oh, Najee Harris. Um, oh, I want Chubb. You want Chubb? Oh, absolutely. You okay. kidding me? Nick, Give me Nick Chubb all day long. Okay. He's a hammer. And he's quiet. He's humble. <laughs> he destroys people. When Nick Chubb is healthy... 
and that offensive line is relatively healthy, mm-hmm. he exacts a punishment. I think he's more key to the Browns than, than anything. Defense, offense, special teams. If Chubb's healthy, yep, they go, can go. Come on, let's, they got Kareem Hunt too. Yeah, let's let that that combination. I mean, we saw it in twenty twenty. I mean, we saw it in twenty twenty one, twenty and twenty twenty one, up in Cleveland. We saw that they Chubb's need to rest. Bring in Hunt. He hammers on you. Here comes Chubb again. It was a really you know kind of good back and forth, but. If they don't have that bootleg game going off of that, then there's screaming safeties coming down, and you just tackle Chubb and Hunt with a bunch of volume. But I'm taking Nick Chubb. I, I have been a huge Nick Chubb fan. Just love his running style. He's an incredible athlete. He's come back from injury. Yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb all day, every day. Okay, who's better? Media question, because these guys are always in the news. Who's the better hot take artist? They're no longer together. Oh, no. Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless? Who's best here? Hot take artist. Go. I can stand Stephen A. I can stand him. Yep. I cannot at all. I can't even. When I hear his voice and I hear him start on something, I want to. It's nails on a chalkboard to me for Skip Bayless. Yeah, I know. I agree. Stephen A. I can at least. I mean, now Stephen A. has made some major. He, yeah, Hunter Henry, right? I mean, is that the, one of them. I mean, the one year when he was like, "Why did they kick it on? Why did they kick it on third down?" There was a, it was a playoff game, and he was like, "Why did they kick it on third down? Because they miss it. They just get the ball back on fourth down." I was like, "Oh, Stephen A. No. That'd be awesome if that was the case." Yeah, though. just keep kicking field goals on first, <laughs> second, and third down. Just keep kicking it until you make it. That'd be awesome. I can stand. Kind of, Stephen. I a. like Stephen A. Though at the Super Bowl, Radio Row in '09, Lopez knows him. He used to be on a show, quite frankly, which yeah. was an early Stephen A. Smith yeah. show. And we had Stephen A. Smith and Miss Florida reading lines from a movie on the show. And Stephen A. was all into it. It was awesome. He was super nice. Yeah. So I really. Liked I've Stephen heard a. behind Smith. the scenes that he is super nice. He's a pretty laid back, you know. That was my experience anyway. Yeah. Maybe it was Lopez helping out. Yeah. Lopez was a human shield. Okay. By, by the way, when it comes yeah. to Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. the best thing there's ever been is the Stephen A. Smith sock puppet at the NBA draft. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever seen this? No, i got to see this. Whoa, whoa. This you sounds, ne- like, you this ne- sounds like Triumph on Conan. It is, is except it? it's a sock puppet oh, at the it. NBA draft. And that oh, I've been watching the NBA draft this. in a long time, Johnny. You, I, why? Because I don't know the guys anymore. I know, but I love the. I just love the draft. But Stephen A. Hard was up believe. on the. He was up on the. Uh, he was up on the podium, and he started eating cheese doodles. <laughs> and Stephen A. Smith, the sock puppet, was just losing it. He interviewed Yannick Noah, the sock puppet. <laughs> It is. So, it was like so trying. Like who's doing the voice? I, I can't remember. But it's but it sounds good. Yeah, but it's pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> good. And Yannick Noah is the kind of guy that would actually not Yannick Noah, um, uh, the younger Noah, Joakim Noah, okay. Joakim Noah, yeah. uh, Yannick's son, the basketball player at Florida, and he's wearing his seersucker suit, and he kind of at first is looking at him like, what the. <laughs> and after about four or five steps, you realize it's it's funny. You got to go find it's it. It's good. It's good. All right. Texans have quarterback Davis Mills coming in. What else should they do, though? How should they fortify this offense in 2022? Some quick thoughts there next here on Texans Radio. Texans Radio continues in a moment. 
What destinations are on your financial checklist? A new home? A new savings account? Whatever it may be, TDECU offers better ways to save and do more with your money. Join TDECU, the official credit union of the Houston Texans. Ashley is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley, proud partner of the Houston Texans. Texans Radio is back. All right. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio Live. And I thought we'd talk about the offense, and I think we will. I think we will. I just had some other thoughts pop into my brain during the commercial break, which happens. Yeah, it you does. Know, stream of Consciousness of Radio. Stream yep. of Consciousness 610. Mm-hmm. So Major League Baseball with the work stoppage right now. Look, the NFL's been through this kind of stuff, too. But they avoided labor strife and managed to come up with a new deal. After 10 years of labor peace, well, before that expired, actually, yeah. that began in 2011, right? Right, Because right. we all remember the lockout of 2011's offseason. Yes, we do. But here's the thing about the NFL. The lockout is still interesting, right? <laughs> if there was a lockout right now, it would still be interesting. Well, what's be- going to happen to this? I know baseball is like, what's going to happen to Carlos Correa? What's yeah. going to happen here? What's going to happen there? However, pitchers and catchers would be reporting right now. Correct. You're missing that. And that's kind of cool about your sport, that you yeah. that you start to see the sprouts of the season, right? And especially when you live up north where it's freaking freezing and you hear about people in Florida and in Phoenix and you're like, oh, that's so nice, spring training. And you make trips, you make yeah. plans. Wait, who was – is it Ron who made plans? One of the 610 hosts maybe? I don't know. Oh. Somebody made plans. Yeah. Was making plans to go to some spring training games, and now that's over. That's always a fun trip. I mean, I lived in Jacksonville, and there were people in Jacksonville that were like, yeah, I'm going down to West Palm or I'm mm-hmm. going down wherever. And they would go, you know, take a weekend of games. Part of your whole thing. That's yes. part of what's cool about your sport. You're going to blow it here. Yeah. I learned today that 69% of baseball play- Major League Baseball players – Earned under a million dollars last year. I know that sounds like woe is me <laughs> to the general yeah. public, but that's kind of ridiculous when you consider some of the big money handed out to the big name players. I know the big name players, it's the 80 20 rule, 20% of the people right. are going to earn 80% of the money. I get it. But the minimum salary for a Major League Baseball player is less than the minimum salary for an NHL player. Now, I'm usually pro management wow. in a lot of this stuff because, you know, these guys got to run the sport. Yeah. But. I think you got to even it out a little bit with these guys, and certainly with the teams. Another bit of information, I heard this from Tom Verducci, Verducci, by the way. He was on a national show. Another thing I heard was the parking lot revenue at Dodger Stadium is more than what the Pirates get on their TV deal. (laughs) Wait. Something's wrong. What? Yes. I heard that. The parking at Chavez Ravine is worth more than the Pirates' television contract. Holy That's smokes. a problem. And that's why wow. that's why the Maras and Pete Rozelle did a fantastic thing. They said, we're going to make the TV money right. even yeah. across the National Football League. That's why you can have a competitive Green Bay Packers. Yep. Otherwise, what do they make it in Green Bay? 
they're not making the parking lot revenue of you know Jacksonville in Green Bay <laughs> if uh, if they don't have revenue sharing with the right. television. Wow. So anyway, that's that. Major League Baseball's always had these issues, though. I They've know. always I had know. some I sort know. of labor strife, and and it's it's always been there, and it's always been the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, always. And there are places that go into the year going, well, I know we've got no shot. I know yeah. we've got no shot. Teams in the NFL very rarely do you go and go, nope, not going to happen look how many teams were in it late yes unfortunately the texans weren't one of them but so much we were going over this it was something like 75 percent of the league still had a shot with like five weeks to go it was some ridiculous stat like that so many teams still had a shot and look at how close these playoff games were so close everybody was dominant one play here there i mean it's uh, you know what? We had, we had our little business ops event yesterday for the Houston Texans, and congratulations to Omar Mazoub, director of public yeah. relations, media relations, uh, who won the Spirit of the Bull Award. That's an internal award, but he really deserved it, uh, did a fantastic job with this outstanding crew. Anyway, uh, they had on one of the screens replay of the Bucks rams yeah. playoff game, and I was watching it, watching the Bucks come back, and I'm thinking, man, those Rams, they allowed the Bucks to come back. They almost blew that game. Yep. They, almost, they could have been out right then. I mean, Cooper Cup fumbling the ball, which was odd. I mean, but both teams Just made everything. mistakes all over the place. But you know, it's part of the NFL stuff. It still was one compelling yep. as all get out game. All That's right. the thing. It wasn't always well played, but compelling. Compelling oh, for sure. Definitely that. All right, Johnny. Thanks a lot Thank as Mark. always. And coming up, more of the best of from Sports Radio 610's day. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Thank you all for listening. Go to the Texans app on the website for everything on your Texans, HoustonTexans.com. Have a great night. Go, Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans!